welcome to the What to Expect While Fostering and Adopting podcast show. If you're a foster mom on the journey to adoption, already adopted, or somewhere in the middle, trying to figure out how to navigate the foster care system, wanting to grow your family through adoption, trying to balance everything, or stuck in that space of all things unknown, you're in the right place. What if there was a way to fast track your knowledge, prepare you for the good and the hard, and somebody who could answer that long list of questions I know you have? Hi friend, I'm Christine Marie, biblical mindset coach, adoptive mom, and previous foster parent of 77 children. Yep, you heard that right, 77 kiddos. I'm your host, and my goal is to help make your journey a lot easier by sharing my best tools, techniques, and skills that helped me pivot from foster care to adoption, fully surrender, and trust the process. I'm about to bring some calm to the chaos and show you how to navigate through this journey with a whole lot of grace. So go grab your cup of coffee and let's jump in. I am so excited that you're here today. I am going to be talking to you about a topic called cans. So I'm not sure if you've heard of this before. If you are looking at becoming a foster parent or brand new in the foster care world, or maybe haven't had a cans done yet, this is probably completely new to you. If you've been in the foster parenting world for a while and you've had kiddos who have had cans, you're still gonna benefit from hearing this information. So I think it was maybe 2009, 2010, the very first time that I had a kiddo that I was told about the cans and I had never heard of it before. So this kiddo that we had gotten, she was super high needs, way higher needs than I felt qualified to take care of and help her with her behaviors and manage the behaviors in our home with our kiddos. And I remember what it was is I had told the caseworker this wasn't going to work. Like, like like it just wasn't going to work safety wise, her needs wise. She was had way more needs than I was qualified to help her with. And I remember the caseworker said, well, we can definitely get you a higher rate for her. I'm like, higher rate? What are you talking about? And she said, well, I'm sure she is a CANS level three. And I didn't know what that meant. And I was interested to hear what that meant because I thought, well, maybe if we had, you know, more money that was coming in to help provide care for her, then we might be able to do it. Ultimately, it was not a good fit because her needs were just too high. And it, you know, you get to that point as a foster parent where it doesn't matter any amount of money that they're gonna pay you to help care for a kiddo. It's just not a good fit, or you're not qualified to take care of this kiddo, right? But child welfare was in a tough situation. They really didn't have anybody else who could take this kiddo, right? Because her needs were that severe. So that was the first time that I had heard about CANS. And I did go on to learn about it, study about it, and I was actually asked to be on the CANS review board for our state. And so I do feel like I learned a lot and then I went on to help mentor other foster parents so that they could get appropriate CANS rates for the kiddos in their care. So I'm actually gonna spill all the details here. So even if you can't have that private one-on-one conversation with me, that I can help you make sure that you get the right CANS rate for the kiddo in your care, this will hopefully help you. So let's talk about what is CANS. So CANS is the Child and Adolescent Needs and Strengths Assessment. 
So there is a slightly different version of cans that is done in almost every state in the United States do and um, provide a cans assessment. And I don't know how many states it's required. Uh, we're going to talk about that, though. We're going to talk about how you can advocate for them. We're, we're just going to go through all the cans things. So the purpose of the cans to help support decision making for the kiddo and their case, help support or establish a service plan, and then also to look at the level of care needed. Okay, so when a kiddo comes into foster care, every kiddo, based on their age, based on the state that you're in, has a different rate. Okay, so it's a different amount of money or a different stipend that you're gonna get every single month to help provide care for this kiddo, which includes their food, their clothing, all of the things that you would traditionally need to help provide care for a kiddo, right? So that is just a base rate. That is the rate that is established based on the age. Now, there's a lot of extenuating circumstances, right? So you might have uh, a kiddo who is a DD kiddo, developmentally disabled. That is a totally separate, totally separate area. We're not gonna be talking about that today. We will get into that in future episodes. And then there's also medical needs, right? So then there's a medical evaluation and there's different rates for medical needs, okay? But today what we're gonna talk about is the CANS. So the CANS is actually um, an assessment. They would have somebody come out to your home and ask a whole bunch of questions. And these are about, you know, all the questions are about the kiddo, right? Um, some of the things might be behavioral, emotional needs. It might be life functioning. Life functioning is how do they do in decision making and school behavior, uh, sleep. Uh, it also is gonna ask you about risk behaviors. It also talks about cultural factors and their strengths. It also talks about your caregiver resources and needs to care for this child, right? So there's a lot of different things that it talks about. Also, uh, any emotional, physical abuse that they've been through or been exposed to. It's also going to ask you about uh, childhood experiences, right? Were they born underweight? Were they born early? Did they get the proper medical treatment in utero? Were they exposed to drugs and alcohol? Were they exposed to domestic violence? A lot of things about just their general strengths and hurdles, right? As a kiddo. So, these are given, in my experience, when I asked for them because a child had a higher level of need, okay? In my opinion, I'm going to share this with you because you're here, is who should have a CANS assessment for their foster child? Every single foster child, in my opinion, should have a CANS assessment within 30 days of being placed in a foster placement, if this is their fifth foster placement, I believe they need a new CANS assessment. A child's need changes, and the CANS assessment is looking at the behaviors within the most recent 30 days. What is the benefit of CANS? Well, the CANS really is there to give you a full big picture of the kiddo that is entering your home or who is currently in your home. It helps you see what their strengths are, what their needs are, and look at them with the whole picture from birth to where they are right now. Now, the reason for this is it gives you a pulse point, a pressure point of where this child is right now and what their, their supports needed are. It also shows you what their community looks like, right? What they've been around. And why is that important? Because that makes up the kiddo, 
right? It's also super good information to have documented, okay? So when you're looking at the CANS rate, I had answered, it's really interesting because typically when they would come over and we've taken a lot of kiddos, like I said before, we had 77 foster kiddos. I would say probably more than half of those kiddos ended up needing a CANS evaluation, many of them multiple times. And that's part of the reason that I was appointed to the CANS redesign committee for our state because it needed some changes. There were some things that were a little bit outdated and there were just some adjustments that needed to be made. So when I had originally, the very first time somebody had come and come over and given a CANS evaluation for a kiddo in my home, that kiddo was right there as I was answering the questions with the evaluator. What I'm going to encourage you to do is, of course, the evaluator always needs to meet the kiddo, right? They can have a conversation with the kiddo if they want. There's some of those questions that might be appropriate for the kiddo to be there for, but I feel very strongly, no matter what age the child is, even if they're a teenager, it can be really hard to have this information shared in front of them, even if they already know it. And it's not going to benefit them, right? So I always look at, does it benefit them to be in the room listening to this information being shared? If there's no benefit, then there's no need. So a lot of times after those first few, when I realized this is probably more unhelpful for the child to hear this information, then it is helpful and beneficial for them. So I would have them you know, tell them somebody was coming over, I wanted them to meet them, and they could share a little bit of information, whatever they wanted to share with them. And then I would say, if you wanna go play in your room, or I would have um, somebody over at my house, you know, like a babysitter at different times, we had a lot of kiddos in our home, at different times we would even have nannies, We'll talk about nannies another time, but um, you know, I would have the nanny go take them out or go play in the backyard or do something different with them so that they weren't listening to all of this because it can be triggering, it can be hard, especially kiddos with trauma. And these questions can get really detailed. They're scored on a zero, one, two, or three. So there's four choices that you're gonna make on what level this child is. Now I've had people, evaluators come over and they went through every single question with me, one by one. I've had other people who came over and interviewed me, interviewed the child, and then they went through and did these. Now, I preferred once I understood CANS better that I went through one by one question with them. But I want you to think of this when the when you are doing a CANS evaluation with a facilitator, I want you to really think about the child, if the child was there without your assistance. Because some of the questions are, can they dress themselves? Well, can they do that on their own? Do they need some assistance? How would they be without your support? I want you to think of the CANS evaluation without your optimistic, positive foster parent hat on. Now, I don't want you to be negative, right? But I want you to look at this with a very objective, take all the emotions out of it, okay? And I want you to think of where would this child be in this area? So for instance, the most significant questions that are going to give you a CANS rate of a two or a three on a child, 
you can have every single, you could have needs of two and three in um, conduct, anger issues, adjustment to trauma. You could have all threes and never score a three on a CANS because this child didn't include any of the risk behaviors. So it differs state to state, um, but usually it's about four to six questions that really are gonna signal that this child requires a level three CANS. And I'm gonna talk to you about those things today. I am pulling the veil back. So the first one is suicide risk. If this child is at risk of suicide and you score them as a three, this is dangerous, immediate, you are constantly needing to keep an eye on them, then this is something that is probably, this is a level three kiddo. Like I said, let me say this now, I am not guaranteeing anything, but I am saying based on my own experience, if this child struggles with sexualized behaviors, they are a danger to the other children around them, or they need one-on-one, 100% of the time, constant supervision, then that is probably a level three kiddo again, okay? There's several other questions that, depending on your state, but they're under the risk behaviors. Those are the questions that they're really looking at to determine if this child is a level three. There's a lot of situations where some a child might be um, have a really hard time adjusting, having anger outbursts, maybe even throwing things, upset easily, and that child might be a one or a two, right? And the reason for that is because they are challenging for them, emotionally trying for that child, but they're not dangerous for other people or dangerous for that child per se, if that makes sense. And let me share why. I want you to look at the CANS. Yes, it is a needs and strengths assessment, but it is also, and I hope this is okay that I'm saying it, just being really honest, this is a liability questionnaire for the state. The state is assessing the liability of the child in your home with this assessment. So the state is gonna pay you more to provide a higher level of care for a child with a higher liability. And I feel terrible that I have to say it that way, but I feel like I need to say it that way because I really need you to understand this is a liability gauge. I feel like I need to say this very clear to you because I want you to understand why they are paying you more why there is this additional rate of a level one, level two, or level three cans. A level one cans, what I noticed, was a child that was really struggling, like emotionally struggling, or maybe physically struggling, or somebody that I needed to provide a little bit extra level of care, right? Or maybe they had Um, I needed to go to school to help them with behavior regulation, stuff like that. A level two is what felt like at least 50% more than a level one. A level three was all eyes on deck, all the time, one-to-one care. Maybe there were alarms on the child's door. Maybe I had to put cameras on the outside of the house because they were a running risk constantly. Not just once, not just twice, but 
regularly, they were at risk for running. Maybe I had alarms on every window in the house. Maybe I had other safety precautions in place. Maybe this was a child that I couldn't have my silverware in the drawer because it wasn't safe for them to be around utensils because they could take them and that wasn't safe. Okay, so I just really want you to understand that when you have a level two or a level three child with a CANS assessment, the state is saying this child has a high liability. We're going to pay you more, but we're also expecting so much more. And I also want you to be really clear that once this is in writing and prior to, right, when you accept the child, you're taking on the full liability. You're taking on the full liability that if something happens in your home, if something happens with this child or something happens with another child, that you can be held liable in every way that that describes. So this is also a really good, and I don't say that to scare anybody. I say that so that you can put the best plan in place to protect that child and protect your other members in your family, protect your home, and also documentation. What I love also about the CANS assessment is that you can take when this child came into my home this child was a level three cans and when this child left my home this child was a level one cans or you can look at individual areas on the cans at it and they were a three with let's say impulsivity and by the time they left your home their regulation and pulse and impulsivity was a one Wow, that's amazing. That's an incredible amount of growth that this child had. And then you'll have a paper trail of, well, this is what I did. This is what we did every day. These are the services that I helped this child get. These are the activities that the child thrives in. So you have like a plan. So where it is important for you to see that the CANS is an additional liability and additional risk that you're taking on they are also providing you that extra income or extra stipend, however you wanna look at it, so that you can get the resources in place. Now, I mentioned before, we had nannies. There were at several points that we took kiddos that were a level three cans, or maybe they came to us with no cans and then they were, we had an assessment and they were determined to be a level three. So that was a child that I hired a full-time nanny with the additional cans money so that they could have direct one-to-one contact with somebody, right? So that they could have their needs met. So that's really what I want you to kind of look at. Also, when other things come up like behavioral, emotional needs, let's say you notice maybe a one or two or three in different areas, those are things that you can go and say, you know what, this child and advocate for the child and say this child really needs counseling. This child really needs speech therapy. This child really needs occupational therapy to help with sensory. You can say all these different things. There's also ABA therapy. So many different amazing, incredible resources that with this additional CANS money coming into your home, you can really improve the life of the child. Now, do you need to document if you spent $1 of their CANS rate? on different therapies or different experiences or different outings or different equipment for the child? No, you don't. That CANS money is directly given to you to handle however you want. So if you choose to get course therapy for the kiddo, that's up to you. 
but you don't you are not required to do that they are definitely giving you that extra income or extra money because they know this child is going to require that much more of you so the difference we talked a little bit about the cans ratings right but what i did want to mention is so let's say you've had the child in your home for a month two months six months a year before you ever get a cans rate or you get a cans assessment you can ask for back pay up to the date and even sometimes prior to the date that you asked for the cans assessment most of the time i've heard it's 60 days they will do a back pay up to 60 days but you can handle that with your caseworker or child welfare worker and ask them what is possible. So forever, how long you had that child with you prior to getting their CANS rate. I really hope that this was helpful, but I will include the website for the CANS in the information for this podcast so that you can watch a really brief video and learn just a little bit more. Hey friend, I hope that you loved today's episode. I pray it blessed you and helped you see that you have a friend in your corner who truly understands what you're walking through. If so, would you share this episode with someone who's been praying for a breakthrough in their own journey? It would also bless me big time and help others to find this podcast if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also submit your questions, topics that you would like covered and find a community of like-minded mamas in my private Facebook group by searching what to expect while fostering and adopting on Facebook. See you next time.